You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Hey everybody, it's episode 160 brought to you by GameMat.eu and all of my beautiful, very attractive, amazing Patreon patrons. You can support the show at Patreon as well. Patreon.com slash PimpCron. Anyway, uh, so Event10 is the code to use at GameMat.eu, by the way. Okay, now I'm going to stop shilling for things and people and products. Listen, this episode is brought to you by Tide. No, I'm kidding. Uh, this episode is about comparing Warhammer to having kittens, which one's a better financial choice. Um, I think we all know what that is, but I'll go into depth in depth with that. We also get a message from Leroy Jenkins discussing the new kill team, and we review a ridiculously named orc miniature for the orc war clans, the... Uh, Rude boys, scared boys, cruel, cruel boys. There we go, cruel boys. Um, I was thinking Rihanna, rude boy, but whatever. So, what have I been up to? Um, I had a neat encounter today at work, and now James, just James, uh, if you know him in real life, he is stone-faced most of the time. He does not exfoliate, he does not moisturize. No, I'm kidding. He's stone-faced, and he doesn't laugh freely, like... We've said before, anytime James laughs, it's like angels singing or like a baby laughing because it's it's such a it's just pure joy to hear him laugh when he really, really does laugh because most things now nah, he doesn't think they're funny. So today him and I were at work and this, you know, pretty weird looking. He almost looked homeless guy came up to us and I thought he said my name. And I thought he said, Pimpcron, Destroyer of Worlds. No, I think I thought he said Scott. So I, I look at him and I go, oh, hello. And then he lets loose with this long string of weird, nonsensical words. And it did not make any sense. And I guess that's not what nonsensical means. And I did not ha- know how to deal with it. So he's like, in the rain when the wind is whipping, the sand is like ice shards with the the tears of the gods and only a log blows with the feet of the bridge and you know it's disgusting and i'm sitting here like uh, yes uh, really wow and james immediately starts laughing <laughs> He couldn't hold it in because this guy is looking at me straight faced and just talking gibberish. And um, so James just goes and gets in his car and I see him. I'm still trying to make eye contact with this guy because I don't want to be rude to him. But also, I got no idea about the the log with the bridge's feet and what. And I got no idea what you're talking about. And at the very end, the, the what did he say? He said, it's it's really disgusting, like... A fat swordfish sting is what he said. A fat swordfish sting. And I'm like, well, swordfish don't sting people. And uh, okay, whatever. I probably shouldn't be dissecting this because it was not going to make any sense. And meanwhile, I slowly start walking to my car going, oh, okay. And meanwhile, I'm trying to keep a straight face. But between me and this crazy person now is James in his car completely losing his shit. (laughs) 
just completely lost it. And so I sit there and talk to the guy for like another 30 seconds or a minute. And I'm like, okay, yep, well, I, I guess, yeah, you're right, like a fat swordfish sting. Okay, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> and meanwhile, James is rocking back and forth in his car. Just, he just lost it. And that, it was very hard for me to uh, keep a straight face to this guy and not be rude. When I see James in my peripheral just freaking out in his inside his car laughing. So when I saw James again, I'm like, oh, you just abandoned me and you laugh at me in the car. And he's like, I'm sitting here thinking, how long is Scott going to carry on a conversation with this weirdo? <laughs> so anyway, that was a that was a fun encounter. Um, what else have I been? I've been working on the brutality supplement. I'm desperately trying to get that done as soon as possible. Um, I am in the late stages of it, but there's Oh, so much to do. And Word, if you ever have to format anything in Word involving pictures, just forewarned, it's a real pain in the butt. Every time I publish a new book, I complain about this. And it's a notorious thing that Word generally is pretty good, but it will just randomly, oh, the font now has changed. Or, oh, this hyperlink is gone. Or, oh, you wanted one indent? Here's seven. Or just whatever. It's just, oh, it's frustrating. But other than that, um, I am in September now, and this is the month where I just walk around fully erect all the time. And the reason being is I have to wear a, uh, like a muumu, so you can't tell. The reason being is that my season is almost over, and by golly, I am thrilled. So uh, that's about it. Oh, I played a game of Warhammer 40k this week. I played my dwarf space wolves, my um, my squats, and I played against um, one of the guys in our group, Kevin, and he doesn't play very often. He usually plays Blood Bowl. And I really, the, the thing that I did wrong is I asked James ahead of time. He played Thousand Sons, if I didn't already say that. And on the ride up there, I said, hey, I'm playing Kevin's Thousand Sons. I've never played against this new book, James. Tell me, you know, what they're like. And he's like, oh, they shoot a lot and they're durable. I'm like, okay, cool. I said, are they anything in close combat? He says, no. I'm like, oh, fantastic. So I, in one turn, he, Kevin had a 10-man squad of Thousand Sons Terminators, Rubric Terminators, and I had no idea how durable, number one, they are, and number two, how much damage their scimitars or whatever they called, scimitars, they do, an, they're like strength 7, minus 3. Like, everything in this friggin' army is AP2, AP3. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, we actually had a good game. Uh, I ended up getting tabled, and really, the I was going to get tabled either way. Because I made the mistake, like I always do with my Space Wolves, there's too many good elite units in Space Wolves. And of course, I want to take them all. So, I'm always light on the troops. And I'm just all about Thunderwolf, all about Wolfen, all about Dreadnoughts, all about just, I love all that stuff. But of course, you know in this game that elites still are kind of attacks because a lot of times your troops have been buffed so much that they actually can do more or less what the elite can do at a fraction of the price. That's just generally how that goes. So you splash in one or two elite units, you're fine because they work well. If not, you know, but I'm taking a uh, Vanguard detachment and taking all these elites. And of course, pound for pound, the amount of points I'm paying per, the amount of points I'm paying per peckled pipper of a bushel, I don't know. Anyway, um, the amount of points I'm paying per hit point, it's a lot of peas in there, is way more than it would be if I was taking a bunch of troops. 
So, anyway, he was going to win regardless. There was no doubt about that. But, one of the key things that was bad is, you know, I was relying on good old James for some, you know, recon on these Thousand Suns. So I threw in my Thunderwolf and my Wolfen and my Wolflord all into these Terminators in one turn. Because this was a majority of his army. It was like a third of his army was this unit. And I threw everything at them in one turn and I killed two dudes. And then he basically killed everything else I have. With strength 7, minus 3, what, I'm, it was just ridiculous. So I'm not mad at Kevin, I've just... I would have just ignored that big blob and let them take the center objective if I had known they were that nuts in close combat. Because they were already really nuts in ranged combat. They had missile launchers and all sorts of stuff that took two turns to kill a um, Spartan assault tank, which has 20, 24 wounds. So they they made short work of that. So anyway, I got tabled. It was still a fun game, um, but it just reminded me. It's been a while since I played 40K, and I'm like, oh my god. It just reminds me of, and I shouldn't say 40K. I should say 9th edition rulebooks. It's the first time I used the Space Wolf for the Space Marine rulebook, and oh my god. Not only do I, I flip between two different books, but there's so much minutia to it, and this is what I hate about 9th edition. But whatever. All right, well, let's get on to the segments. Um, this is probably going to be a little bit shorter of a show tonight. Sorry. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. This is the Tesseract mailbox, and I am the Pimpcron. And isn't it funny how like I declare that every single segment? It's kind of funny. But anyway, this week I have an email at pimpcron at gmail.com from my virtual wife um Leroy Jenkins and why I say that is is we have become friends about this time last year and we talk pretty much every single day on messenger and um you know we we sexed and we no I'm kidding about that sort of but anyway anyway, we've we've become very good friends despite the distance between us and uh Warhammer is our link so he wrote in, Hey P, just started a long rewarding poop and figured I'd say hi. Thanks. Thanks for thinking of me. All this talk about Kill Team has me worked up. I remember the first time we were duped by Kill Team. Now wait, speak for yourself, Mr. Leroy. Uh, I was not duped by Kill Team ever, so just, just want to clarify that. It came out, we bought a bunch of cool stuff, played it like three times, dot dot dot. It's not that Kill Team was bad, it was just so much harder to find a game and different enough from 40k that you had to read the rules every time you played. What makes it harder is there is already a much better skirmish game in Brutality. Aww. It's fun, has some randomness, and plays quickly. It doesn't have all the convoluted rules you know GW will throw in there, or the power creep. Welp, I'm all pooped out. Love, Beef Supreme, Leroy Jenkins, your better, sexier wife, Eric. <laughs> well, thanks for writing in, Leroy. Uh and yeah, he's he's basically my um I'm emotionally cheating with Eric on my wife, so that's just you know, he he provides for me emotionally where she can't. And that's, you know, whatever. That you can't define love. So the point is is that uh I agree with you. I've heard some stuff about kill teams and I'm sure it's a fantastic game, but 
if you and here's what I've noticed about actual 40k players is that you either play 40k or you play kill team. And I don't know hardly anybody that plays 40k and kill team. And I think the reason being is that they are very different yet somewhat similar yet you say use the same models and then it just kind of messes everything up, which is actually the exact same reason why and I've said this before on the podcast why I played 40k back in 5th and 6th edition. I think it was 5th edition. I tried Warhammer Fantasy Battles. I bought my vampire army that I recently sold and and all that. And I remember going, oh man, the rules are like similar to 40k, but they're so different. And there's no way I'm going to have enough real estate in my brain to know 40k and equally no Warhammer Fantasy Battles, because it was close enough to get things confused, but it was just different enough that you gotta look up the rules each time. And this is what the way it sounds for kill teams. I know some people that play kill teams all the time. That's what they play. They play kill teams, and they love it. I also know people that play 40k, but I really don't know anyone except maybe one person that does both. And it just seems to me like that's the deal. Now, I like when Age of Sigmar and 40k became very similar with 8th edition 40k I like that because then you've only got a couple things like oh initiative roles and things like that to worry about between the two games and trying to differentiate them other other than that a lot of stuff's the same and that's pretty cool so I think I mean I've said this before but games workshop you need to here's what you need to do you need to have simple rules so that people buy more miniatures, and play both of your games. If you have simple rules, then people like me can have multiple armies, and there's not a lot of catch-up. If you haven't played a book in a while, you know, you come into it coming in dry, and you want to raw dog this codex, and it's really not a big deal because it doesn't take any time to, like, get caught up again. I can just take five minutes, flip through the stratagems, flip through the chapters, and go, oh, okay, now I can play the game which is what I love about my 8th edition codexes. 9th edition, well, you've got a week of studying in order to do anything with it effectively. And that's what I don't like. Um, so anyway, I think what GW is currently doing is actually very counterproductive to selling models. And the reason being is that the rules are too complex and Kill Team is too different from 40k. I mean, I don't think it would take very much tweaking at all to make a 40k kill team that was basically 40k, but slight differences. Like, I really don't think that would be a big deal at all. But then, you know, they're not even going to use numbers for distances anymore. I move square distance. That that's how far I that's how far I move. Like whatever, you got to stay within circle. You got to stay outside of circle distance from the other model. Like okay, whatever, dude. Like, it's just, it's stupid. But, you know what? If you play that game, I do know a lot of people that rant and rave about Kill Team, um, and they can be wrong. I mean, Brutality is a far superior game, but they can be wrong. It's, unfortunately and surprisingly, it is legal in the U.S. to be wrong about things. And that's, that's just where we're at. Until we get the Constitution fixed so that people are no longer allowed to be wrong about things, you're still going to get people playing Kill Teams instead of Brutality. It's just... It's just the way it is. It's the, We live in the worst timeline, basically. If everyone's not playing Brutality, this is the worst timeline. I kind of wish I could just, you know, go to another dimension 
where everyone plays brutality and, you know, I'm a multimillionaire. That w- you know what? That would be pretty cool, actually. Anyway, I am definitely digressing here. So thank you for writing in, Leroy. And to be honest with you, you said a long and rewarding poop, but I don't know how long it took you to write that message, but it really wasn't that long of a message. So I'm wondering, I personally am wondering, I don't know if my reader, my reader, my listeners are wondering or not. I'm wondering if you ended up disappointed at the length of that poop session. I'm curious. So um, I know you're going to listen to this. So message me later, boo. (laughs) On to the next segment. Want that or want that not? On this Want That or Want That Not with the Pemcron, we're discussing Break a Boss on Meyerbrute Trogoth. <laughs> no, I didn't just have a stroke. That's really what this is called. Break a Boss on Meyerbrute Trogoth. Exactly. So it's $50. It's for the Orc War Clans. And, um, yeah. He's a savage hero mounted on a hideous monster. Interesting. So, let's get into this thing. Um, It is a Trogoth, which most of you may know. It's basically a big troll. That's what they call... That's the copyrightable, trademarkable name now for Age of Sigmar Trolls is called Trogoths. Which, to be honest, I think is a pretty cool name, so I'm fine with it. And it, of course, is painted beautifully. It's painted with such fine layering and and all of that, but I'm really not here talking about the paint job because you know and I know our paint jobs are not going to look the same on the tabletop as the heavy metal crew. So, but essentially what this is, is, you know, the, I can't think of what his name was, but in Mad Max, I think it was Thunderdome, they had the little guy on the big guy's back. This is basically the break a boss on top of this Meyerbrute Trogoth's back. And I just love the concept, to be honest with you. It's, um, the Trogoth looks fantastic. The hero on top is kind of meh. I mean, he's the new orc design for the War Clan, you know, all the cruel boys and all that. He's one of the cruel boy bosses, and he looks fine. He's got a distinctive, uh, realistic look to him. And to be honest, the Trogoth does too. The normal Trogoths have a bit of a cartoony look to them, but this Trogoth looks quite realistic in addition to the Cruel Boy looking realistic. So I'm curious if this is like their new style where they're, they're going to go hyper realistic with stuff. Um, I would not be upset if they did because it's pretty neat looking. Uh, what I really like about this is that he's the Trogoth is giant, so it makes me definitely want this thing. And maybe it's not as big as I think. It looks like it's on a flyer base, but... It's 50 bucks, and to be honest, I might be I might be wrong. 50 bucks really doesn't sound like that bad of a deal. I would figure at least 60 for this model. So, uh, uh-oh, GW just heard me. Now it's 60. No, not yet, but probably. Uh, the Trogoth is standing there defiantly. He's holding, like, a log in one hand, and he's holding a big, like, spiked mace in the other. And I don't know if this is actually a squig or not, because they keep painting... You know these belly things that's got a face on it for the new Cruel Boys, and they've got, like, squig faces? Is this, like, a squig belly plate, or is it just made to look like a squig? I don't know. It's painted like a squig. It's red, and it's got a face, and it's strapped onto him, so I don't know exactly what it is. I'd like to know that, uh, lore-wise. But this break boss looks pretty darn cool on top of this Trogoth, and he's got this real long stick with, like, two spikes, basically nails sticking out of the end of them. 
and he's able to reach to the ground and just stab people with it. I am all about this model, to be honest with you. This is a very cool looking model, and I think they did a great job with it. So, and also, I don't think the price is that bad. So, for 50 bucks, you get a Thunderdome-esque model, and uh, I really can't see a downside to that. I love when smaller people are on large brutes' backs. I don't know why, but um, I'm also digging that uh, Necromunda thing that they released for the Caldor tribe. I haven't covered it on the show yet, but it's a, it's a really cool-looking model. I don't like to cover things unless they've been released, because then they have a price and stuff, and... Uh, that's that was just leaked recently or, or or teased so i'll cover that when it comes out because it's a really cool looking model but this is in that same exact vein and i can definitely see getting some use out of this guy very very cool looking model it's got an overall kind of dirty dingy look to it like the cloth underneath that big squig plate on the trogoth is like all legitimately tattered i mean it's it's so worn and tattered and the break a boss on top has like furs and leather and spikes and it's just i don't know how they pulled it off but it's extremely realistic i mean as realistic as a trogoth mire brute and a uh, break a boss could be i suppose but anyway is a definite want that for me and matter of fact i am pretty positive i'm gonna buy one because i really really like it is it as big as a mall crusher no it isn't but it's very cool I'm loving it. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pentcron. Well, hello, my little darlings. It's Pimpcron here again, and I want to help you figure out a question that many of you struggle with. I know I have. Which is better, 40k or kittens? So, you're going to have to bear with me just for a second, okay? We've all been there. Standing in the local pet store, staring at the kittens in the cages, while also holding a brand new box of 40k in the other. Just looking back and forth between the two in deep contemplation. A million different things rush through our mind. Um, Do kittens have rending? Like rending claws? How much does a Carnifex model poop? Does this store have any kittens that worship chaos? Will a Dreadnought shred my couch while I'm at work? It can be pretty stressful to try to figure out this on your own, but your old pal Pimpcron is here to help. First off, kittens are just a poor investment. So you pay all of this money for the little guy, and you have him for like a week before he starts getting all sick-like and laying around. After a quick search on the web, you find out that these damn things have to eat food pretty much every day. The lady at the store didn't mention anything about having to shell out more money for this thing on a daily basis. It's like DLC. You know what hardly ever eats? 40k models. If you ask any experienced Warhammer 40k player, they will tell you that these little plastic things eat so little, you won't even notice it. Ever heard of cats getting cancer or feline AIDS? Yeah. Something else the pet store employees just happen to leave out when they're padding their wallet is that these things get sick all the time. And you're lucky to get 10 years of mileage out of one. They may seem pretty durable, but the keen observer will notice that under all of that fur, they are really pretty squishy and just as prone to sickness as you or I. 
And don't even get me started on all of the hazards of the world that can injure kittens. Can you even imagine how many 40k models you could buy just for the amount of money you're going to spend on veterinarian bills? Like, something nice. Something from Forge World, maybe. Plus, 40k models generally have a lifespan much, much longer than cats. Some proud 40k owners still have their loving little litters from way back in the 80s. What if you go to sell your kitten when it grows up to be a cat? You might be able to sell it for what you paid, maybe, but that is a serious depreciation in price per pound of cat. You'd think that it would be... (laughs) You'd think that it'd be worth more when it's bigger. I mean, there's more of it there than it used to be, right? But nope. Pet Store Lady strikes again, laughing at your misfortune from the bushes as you exchange money for your cat at a serious discount per pound from what you initially paid. 40k, on the other hand, generally keeps about 60 to 75% of its value, unlike that stupid mammal you were thinking about buying. And that doesn't even factor in the cost of all the food you've fed it over the years. It's a, it's a, it is a diminishing returns is what it is. Kittens will ruin your life. Here's a story about a friend of mine who made the wrong choice when it came to cats versus Warhammer. I'll change personal information to protect his identity. His name is, uh, Charles Thomas Monogram age 39. He is of average height and build, and a list of his fears include snakes, drowning, and algebra. That's enough backstory. Anyway, he found himself in this predicament a couple years ago when he passed to the pet aisle with an armful of 40k to buy. Well, needless to say, 30 minutes later, he was back home without the 40k and with a new orange kitty cat that looked like Garfield and loved to cuddle. I'll spare you the boring details, but within 20 years of buying that cat, he got in a car accident. Coincidence? I don't think so. At his funeral, we all couldn't help but wonder how this could have all been avoided if he had just bought those damn guardsman boxes. If that sad tale isn't enough to change your mind, then the pet store lady wins, and I'm pretty sure she's a terrorist. Don't let the terrorist win. Buy more 40k. Uh, 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 what I just I just woke up in the middle of podcasting again. Oh well, that seems like the runtime's been going on for a few minutes. I won't bother looking at it. 